0: And welcome to episode sixty of Let's Talk About Joining. Uh, me, my name's Seb by the way, uh, is my uh, host from a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's of course Elliot. Hello there. Oh, we're both Obi Wan. Um, yeah, I'm Ben. Actually. Oh, sorry. Oh, who's Ben Kenobi? Oh. oh,
1: oh, well, I'll tell you why I'm Ben Kenobi. Because what we're talking about today... Oh, what are we talking about, Ben? Ben,
0: <laughs> I am talking about the original trilogy of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about the prequel trilogy, um, 1999 till 2005. Um, the movies we grew up with as kids. We're now talking about the OG, the ones from, you know, the old days. Um, that I guess our parents grew up with um, and watched. Mm. And I've not seen these movies in a while. I've seen clips. I watched some lightsaber compilations yesterday. Um, I watched the seven minute recap video on the plot. And I was like, yep, I remembered all that. So that's fine. Um, and I believe you've been watching the movies in preparation.
1: I have I I actually put effort into my craft cool. and um <laughs> yeah no and I watched all three over the last uh, week and a half little bits here and there in between work and cleaning mm-hmm. during work <laughs> um, <laughs> <you know?
0: laughs> oh. but yeah you really
1: are and living the been, dream uh, some might say I'm living la vida loca oh. and I really am I really am.
0: Yeah, so for the listeners, he's been singing Ricky Martin all morning, just for that reference. Um, so we're, we're going to dive into these movies. Um, last time we talked about, you know, which ones have we seen, obviously all of them, um, and when did we see them. So I seem to remember us talking about, like, I'm pretty sure this was on TV a lot. And I know it's like some people, like, record them off of TV, put them on VHS. Um, I can't remember if we ever owned a copy. I think my some relative of mine had some... Box set from Japan or something. Um, no. Did you ever own these? um
1: So, as a kid, um, so I remember my mother putting it on VHS for me to watch mm. when I was like, when the prequels were coming out. I can't remember which one. Um, but I don't know if it was like recorded for telly or like, you know, a proper yeah. one. I really can't remember. Uh, but yeah. And then I, I bought them in that bl- really cool blue ray. Blue ray. Blue <laughs> Blue Ray. Yep. Uh, which is what happens when um the the, the new protagonist becomes one of the force. Very good. And she up, uh, thank you. Now um <laughs> and what I like about that Blu ray package is that it's the Skywalker saga. Yes. And it's for six movies. So correct. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: It's funny because um, there's there's a YouTube video that's like all lightsaber jewels from episode one to six, and there's like an updated one, and it's like, Phew, has anyone watched that one? Uh, so yeah, because they re-released uh, the what was it the kind of special edition of these? I'm thinking like 1997 mm. in preparation for the new one, because um, I mean the Phantom Menace was huge. It was like for the most anticipated movie of all time. Um, but of course we're talking about the originals here. So often parodied, um referenced in so many movies. Um uh, Family Guy did a did some good ones of these. Um there's things like, you know, if a if a sequel's like a bit dark, it's called like The Empire Strikes Back of the franchise and all that kind of stuff. Um So the question is, how did these compare in the rewatch for you? Yeah, so this was interesting because the main reason I wanted to watch
1: it is because um at uh, some point in time me and you did a combined ranking mm. of all of the star wars films all 11 of them the live action ones and i remember not being too sure which order the original trilogy went for me and i was really confused because like my empire strikes back was like my fourth favorite film mm. when like for, for most people it's like one so i thought well maybe it's just me being dumb so yeah, I decided to watch it again. I had a wonderful time. No, oh. I think it literally got to. Um, I can't remember if I said it on the last time we did it, but uh, my missus was asleep, and I thought, "Oh, I could stay up for another hour or so." I just started watching like the first hour of A New Hope, and I was just like, "This is just phenomenal. Yeah. This is the best night of my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a great time."
0: But yeah,
1: uh, really good. Depends how in-depth you want me to go right now.
0: Well, I'm trying to think. Did we rank them at the start or did we rank them at the end? We did it at the end. Yeah. Okay. I
1: feel like I'm going to end up naturally saying it throughout anyway. Oh, yeah. But yeah, uh,
0: That's fine. So, because I know, have you seen any of the deleted scenes from, like, A New Hope?
1: Not off the top of my head, no. no. I probably have at some point, but... Currently, we're saying no.
0: Yeah, because they're very dry and slow and not very interesting. And they're kind of saying that it was actually, I think it was George Lucas's first wife, Marsha Lucas. She basically saved the movie in the editing. Um, And it's like, it's one of those kind of underrated kind of skills, really. But it's like, yeah, the film was a mess without it. And they cut out loads of unnecessary bits. And that's why it's got quite a fast pace to the movie. And I think had that movie just existed on its own, it would have been a classic. Um, it's just kind of pretty flawless, really. Um, adventure from start to finish. It doesn't need TV series and books of backstory to understand anything that's going on. It's just one cool idea because George Lucas wanted to do Flash Gordon, um, but, he, but he couldn't, so he just made his own thing. Um, and it's got inspiration from, I think it was Kurosawa, um, those kind of samurai movies, but also some, some of the kind of Western themes um stuff that's mixed in and i think what kind of sets apart from other sci-fi stuff is that it felt lived in like there's like a there's like fingerprints on everything they're all like dirty and grimy and there's like mossy cantinas full of all these different aliens and it's like yeah this is the world where all this stuff exists and then you could make anything happen even the sequel trilogy um so yeah, that's basically the first movie. Of course, it was originally called Star Wars and they changed it to A New Hope. I can't remember when he did that. but um, ah, Blue Harvest. Yes, that was yeah. the working <laughs> title. Um, <laughs> any Mr. Sunday Movies fans will like that reference. Um, so I looked at the IMDb ratings for, for the three movies um, because these are often compared to the prequels. Now, um, I'll just recap the prequel scores. So Phantom Menace got 6.5. Attack of the Clones got 6.6, and Revenge of the Sith got a 7.6. Do you happen to know any of the ratings for the OT? I know roughly where they
1: come in the IMDb's top 250 movies. Nice. (laughs) So, A New Hope, is it something like 8.4, I'm guessing? 8.3, 8.4?
0: 8.6, so pretty close. 8.6,
1: yeah. Um, And that's like, you know, in like the 40s range of the top 50. Hmm. Um, Empire Strikes Back is like higher. I'm guessing because yeah. it's like twenty four or something. Oh wow. Um, so was that like eight point
0: eight? It's only one higher. It's only eight point seven.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Revenge of a Sith. I don't know.
0: Uh, well, it's funny you said
1: not Revenge of a Sith.
0: Yeah. Well, I was about to say it's funny you say that because of course Return of the Jedi was originally going to be called Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah, um, and I think George Lucas changed it because it sounded a bit too evil. But there's like kind of merchandise and things made where before they made that decision, so they're kind of like special editions. But yeah, Return of the Jedi a bit of a drop off, eight point three. Um, but you'll notice all three of them are higher than the prequels. So I guess where do you want to start? Because we had a few different things we talked about last time. Is there anything in particular because you've watched them recently that stood out to you?
1: Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so. With a new hope, yeah, it's just nice to see character development. Oh. I think <laughs> it is really nice. I think the my only flaw with New Hope, so I I wouldn't. I was thinking about this. I don't think I would rate any of the films a solid five out of five. Um, I think we said originally, so sort of like when we did our our top eleven that and New Hope was, like, flawless. Mm. I think to a many a degree it is, but for me, I do get a bit bored in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Like, with a whole... You know, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with a movie. I think it's all needed. And I think anyone who's watching it for the first time would love the whole um Darth Vader grabbing the ship and, you know, yeah. R2-D2 and C-3PO being sent down to uh, Tatooine and, and all this. Um... But yeah, it's just, comparing it to the the sequels and the prequels, just like the the dialogue and the character development, just a lot better. I mean, if you compare, let's say, any character in the prequel trilogy where you think it's got the best character development with just anyone who's in all three of the other Star Wars movies, yeah, you get a big difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you're right with that, because like people love characters like Qui-Gon Jinn, but it's like, he's kind of interesting. But again, that's more because of the extra source material. But you know, what does he have an arc? No, he's kind of does his own thing and he continues to do his own thing until he dies. Obi-Wan basically doesn't really have a character until the second one where he's just um, an uptight trainer. Um, the best character is probably Palpatine. He just, he's pure evil, but also a genius that is incredibly lucky um whereas like even characters like lando he he comes off as like very charming but he can be a little bit bit of a coward bit of a betrayer but then he he wants to do the right thing and he actually puts his neck on the line and then he helps the good guys at the end you know and it's like yeah but i think the big thing is the main characters you know we talk about attack of the clones you've got these wooden performances with dreadful dialogue of characters that are supposed to love each other but hate each other you compare that with this where you've got these lovable misfits that they argue, but they they care about each other, and the the dialogue's very natural because Harrison Ford said, you know, he said to George Lucas, "You can write this crap, but you sure as hell can't say it," um, and that's what they needed. Is they needed people to say, "No, actually, you, the world you've built is amazing. The story's really cool, but you need help with writing people talking to each other because <laughs> they sound like robots." And they they had that for these ones.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other thing as well is I would say. The music, mm. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I think it's better in the original trilogy as a whole than in the prequels. Oh, be cool. I know. Don't get me wrong. I think there are some uh, quote unquote bangers in the, uh, in the prequel trilogy. Mm. But I think the original trilogy, it just <coughs> hit the right mark with every single film, every single
0: theme. Yeah. Good stuff. That's cool. I mean, I'm quite surprised. I thought you'd actually say the prequels because I know where we talked about it last time, yeah. we obviously said about the new ones they added were really cool. Like, Jewel the Fates might be your favorite or top two or something. Um, you've got Love Across the Stars in the second one, which is really different, really cool. Um, we've got like Battle of the Heroes and the kind of Order 66 theme. But yeah, like, the main theme is like iconic. You've got the Force theme with the, the binary sunset um then number five that like, knocks out the park you've got imperial march which is just a staple now you've got yoda's theme um i love the musical cloud city as well return of the jedi's got the ewok song so you know what more could you want um also one of my favorite pieces the um <coughs> sorry the kind of operatic music when luke's fighting vader at the end um, which is really cool and then spoilers when um when a character character's dying at the end of that one, um they play Imperial March, but then they play it like with the harp or something, and it sounds really cool. I love that piece.
1: Yeah. So Oh, brain's got dead, I was gonna say something now. Oh, no. I'll get back in editing. Oh for <laughs> <Cool laughs> you, George. Oh, trick trick of a trick of a trade. Um Yeah. So I was thinking about this sort of like yesterday is actually sort of like which ones I think are the best out of all three. So I'm going to slot this in now. Go for it. Okay. And <clears throat> after the rewatch, I-, I feel like I can confidently actually say that Empire is my least favourite. Oh, out of okay. Three. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. So I-, I will be the one that everyone hates, but I'll explain my reasoning behind. Go for it, mate. I, I think the-, the third act of Empire is probably the best thing in all of Star Wars. Maybe. Okay, yeah. Okay, Maybe. I, I haven't thought about that. We'll say in the original trilogy, it's probably... I don't think there's, you know, both historically and, like, just impactfully, I feel like the whole... From the moment, Darth Vader is on... Um, Bespin. Wherever he is. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, more is Like, that's not right. Um, <laughs> and, you know... Yeah. It's just, like... We'll be glad if you would join us you know or honored and i was like Ooh. it's like that's when it starts getting cool and you start again you start seeing the real character development and then you get all the emotion with like luke and like that's like such a cool fight scene between luke skywalker yeah and anakin obviously i don't need to like say that to tell anyone else everyone knows that <laughs> you know some of the moves they do it's fantastic but i find the rest of the movie even though it's great it's, it feels like more of a setup for me. Okay. For for return. Ooh. 'Cause you've got you've got Hoff, which is alright. But Hoff for me is kinda of like the intro to a new hope. I, I find it a, a tad boring. Okay. You know the whole oh, he's gone out for a wander. Oh, han has gone to get him. Oh no, we're 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 sleeping inside a, an animal. It's on You know it's yeah. Um but then after that, it's like you know, meeting Yoda, being trained. What's he being trained for? Oh, to become a Jedi Knight, which we see in Return. You know, oh, you know, hands gone off. He's he's got um, frozen. When do we get to see him again? Oh, in the next one when she, when Leah goes to rescue him. Mm. You know, oh, they're inside a big worm. That's useful. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was with you until the word bit, I'll be honest. But...
1: <laughs> no, I can't remember what what are they doing? Well they're Probably on the run. Mission, they're it? on
0: the run from the Empire, aren't they? And the hyperdrive's
1: not oh, working. That was it. That's it, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad you've watched the films recently to remind me of that. <laughs> but yeah, like to me, that all, all of it is really good. Mm. But for me, it's more of a build. for me it's more of a build up for r- return than anything else that's interesting I think return's a lot better for me now I'm aware that i'm I, I, many many people will disagree with me there mm. um but like I really struggle to pick which is my favorite between return and a new hope okay and the only reason I would choose a new hope is because, like we said it is a- it can be seen as a standalone. I wouldn't want to put on return just for return. Yeah, um, because you kind of need the
0: the, the build up, really. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I see. I see what you are saying. I think if we were trying to relate them to like Marvel movies, I feel like a New Hope could be like the Winter Soldier, where it's like it's a complete movie. You don't really need anything else, um, and it it holds up every time you see it. Whereas Return of the Jedi is like End Game. Where it's not a perfect movie, but the highs are incredibly high. Um, but, I don't know. They're not like a like-flight comparison, but I feel like that... Because we've said before, like, the highs in Return of the Jedi are some of the highs in the whole saga. Um, but it's interesting your point about the setup, because, like, the original plan, at least I think, was that Solo was going to die in Empire. Because I know mm. Harrison Ford felt like his character should die. Um, and again the carbonite freezing is because it was it was for luke wasn't it because vader wanted to capture luke so they test it on han solo um and i didn't really care a lot if he died but i think the biggest criticism of return of the jedi is that a lot of the characters take a back seat like han solo just has nothing to do in the sixth movie and leia again similar kind of thing like she has a lot more agency in the first two despite being in the first one Um, whereas like Luke gets a lot to do in episode 6 but then it's kind of felt like an expense for everyone else, whereas I feel like with Empire, F1's doing stuff like Luke goes on his journey with Yoda and that's like iconic stuff, you know, Yoda's such a cool character and the lessons he teaches and everything Um, Obi-Wan being a force ghost and then like Han's like because again we talked about development, like Han at the end of number 4 he He says, you know, he's only in it for himself. He'll only save Leia because Luke said there might be rewards. But then he goes off, and then towards the end of the movie, he comes back and saves Luke, and they both get medals. Then in the start of five, he's putting his neck out to save Luke. Um, And then, like, although he's a bit, you know, arguing with Leia, they really care for each other. Um, And you see that in number six as well. So I feel like there is development with those characters, even if there's not much going on. But I do agree that Hoth, whilst it's cool, it is very long. With periods where there's not much going on, because I kind of wonder of the six movies, which one opens the best of the six? Yeah, we'll ignore Phantom the ones. With those negotiations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was it with all these trilogies that starting off really
1: boring? <laughs> if we, if we I think if we want a genuine like, what's the best ten minute opener? Yeah, it's going to be Revenge of the Sith. I agree. Straight into it. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I mean, I will say I I I disagree slightly when it comes to the other characters taking the back seat in in return. Okay, for a pure reason, like I'm trying to think of actually the movie in order. But obviously, okay, Han doesn't do much for the whole Jabba thing, but Leia and the droids do. Yeah, So that that's bringing them forward, um, and also you get the whole battle of Endor. You know, Luke yep. wasn't there for any of that. No, you know, I mean. Han, you know, he almost... He he, he was uh, cuddled by an Ewok. He was. Nice character development. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, Sounds yeah, like merchandise um... to me. <laughs> but no, but I think like... I feel like Leia and, you know, the droids really took a step forward in that entire film. I feel like they were constantly doing something. I feel like the droids perhaps took a step back in Empire. They weren't as important as, let's say, the other... Two. Yeah. Maybe it's not R2 D2 actually. I'm
0: saying it out loud. No, I'm saying it out loud. Yeah.
1: Like, oh no, he was he, he was with me. <laughs> so C3PO oh, yeah. took a
0: step back because he was literally like in pieces, I think, towards the end. But um but then he's yeah, so emotional. He's saying a lot like he's calculating the probability of navigating an asteroid field. and Han's like, never tell me the odds. Um Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people are a lot more critical of return than we are, because I know a lot of people don't like the Ewoks Um and whilst it's obvious that it was to sell toys um i do like the idea because obviously george was thinking of vietnam at the time like this kind of high-tech imperial power basically the united states invades this kind of uh, more i guess rural kind of native i guess vietnam um but i like that that's a oversight on the emperor's part because he planned this whole thing with the shield generator to trap the rebels um, to then trap the fleet the, the Death Star's operational it's going to blow F1 up um, and it would have worked but he didn't factor in the local Ewoks that actually helped win that battle on Endor and I like that because it's like yeah he's really good at planning stuff but I either he didn't consider that because he just thought he, he was too smart you know or he just didn't consider it at all so I, I quite like the idea that's kind of how they lost is because of nature, really, I guess, winning against technology. But I know a lot of people don't like that. Some people said it should have been Wookiees, which could have been cool as well. well I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's funny to think that of both trilogies, the loser was overconfidence. Mm. So, obviously, with, like, return, one thing I, I, I actually forgot completely about was how all the information they got about how to destroy the new Death Star... Was from the emperor, yeah. Like how he like given them things, and like Luke was like saying, that, "That's your own overconfidence is gonna like get you, yeah." And of course, it did. In the end, everything failed because of that. Nothing to do with you know. Oh, Darth Vader's got some good in it now, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
0: <coughs> I think that but, yeah. that is the interesting thing, isn't it? Is that that duel <laughs> that it kind of didn't matter in the sense that if the Empire beat the rebels on the base and stuff, they would have, even if Luke beat the Emperor, you know, the Empire wins really. Um, but then the fact that the rebels win, Luke still has to get out there alive. And, and yeah, because he says, you know, your your overconfidence is your weakness. And the Emperor turns and says, your faith in your friends is yours. And um, it's quite a friend of them trying to read each other. And they just just like stood there like, you know, duh, 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 duh. this is really nice, isn't it? Um, so bef- I have I have a question for you. And I wanted to know okay. if you know the answer to this. So, I watched a scene... Um, yeah, it's the Cloud City fight between Vader and Luke. So, <coughs> Vader says to Luke, you know, Obi-Wan has taught you well. And so, like, they're fighting. He's like, yeah, he's... Mm-hmm. And so, I'm trying to think... So, he knows, obviously, he was with Obi-Wan. And he knows he must have given him some training. And we know he has given him a little bit of training. So, he's got, like, a little droid that shoots you and stuff. Now... I'm wondering if he figured out that it was Yoda who actually gave the training. Because I wonder if if he knew Yoda was alive and if he did, whether or not it was he who trained Luke. Because he doesn't mention him. He keeps saying Obi-Wan. And it's like, but he's been trained since he blew up the Death Star. So I was kind of wondering, do you think he knows Yoda is alive? So
1: this there is a canon event of this. Now, this is where it could be wrong, but I'm sure this is mentioned in the actual comic run.
0: Mm.
1: Now, I could be completely wrong, but I'm sure there's a bit where Darth Vader is like, let me go after Yoda, like, right after events of Order 66. Mm. And the Emperor basically goes, no, because if anyone's basically going to destroy you, yeah, it could be him. You know, basically just leave him to rot in his own misery, essentially. Okay. Um, So I think he knows he's alive. Whether or not that's the exact thing that happened, I'm not sure. But um I don't think he knows that Um Luke has met up with him. Because unless he's got like, you know, a tingle in the force, I can't see how he would know.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. Really. That that thing you said does sound familiar actually about the wanting to go after him. Um, but the Emperor saying that no, he'd probably beat you. Um Because I think the other thing is that Yoda went to Dagobah because it's got like a dark side nexus or something. So it hides his kind of signal. Um, So it's interesting that he thinks that he's trained with Obi-Wan and then he kills Obi-Wan. So he's thinking, well, what's he done since then? So that's when my next kind of question is, does he know that Obi-Wan's become a force ghost? Because the implication was he was surprised when Obi-Wan just disappeared when he killed him. But did he know he could do that? So,
1: I based on just the movies, I'm going to say no. Hmm. But again, if it's been answered in the comics, I don't know. Or perhaps even if the Emperor has spoken to him about it. I'm not sure. Because obviously everything we heard about it, Anakin or Darth Vader wasn't there for. Yeah. So it was after Anakin had turned to the dark side that Yoda was saying to Obi-Wan, "Oh Qui-Gon, has, you know, learnt this new power. Yeah. And then obviously that's how Obi-Wan learned. that's how Yoda learnt. It always confuses me how then Anakin learnt. Yeah. To be able to do it straight after. Um, but again, I'm, uh, that probably has been answered somewhere and I just can't remember. Mm. But I'm pretty sure he knows or has worked out what, what has happened. Yeah, I feel like... Because I'm guessing, I'm guessing after a, like the events of A New Hope... He probably would have gone to find out what happened to Obi-Wan. Hmm. The fact that he's just disappeared. And maybe that's how he learned? Maybe then, yeah. Well, maybe. Because I, sure.
0: I wonder if, like... Because the Dark Side all about trying to live forever. You know, Darth Plagueis wanted to save himself and others from dying. Vader literally turned because he wanted to save Padme. And so it's ironic, then, that the Jedi figured out how to live forever and actually help others. Um, but I get the feeling that the Emperor didn't know the Jedi could do that um or at least vader didn't know because otherwise he wouldn't really turn to the dark side and i i get the feeling that the original plan for these movies was every jedi just disappears when they die um because that's why then vader becomes good at the end and dies because i think the canon thing is now that like obi-wan's ghost visits anakin as he's dying and quickly shows him how to become a ghost um whether you whether you can accept that or not is obviously (laughs) up to the fans but I oh, know, I just thought it was quite interesting. And I feel like it's interesting watching these back after watching the prequels and all the new stuff they've added. Like, does it still make sense with the story? Because it's like Yoda talks about the Force being very mystical and, you know, spiritual and it's it's all around us and stuff. And then the prequels are like, no, it's these little bit of Chlorions that if you have a load of them, then you're really powerful and can shoot lightning out your fingers. And it's like, yeah, I'll further the original explanation. I don't think we need it anymore. Stuff really, and I know somebody said about you don't need to say Anakin's got loads of midi chlorians. It's like you can just feel how powerful he's in the Force. And yeah, I've just I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Well, we've not mentioned it again
1: since, so I think they learned their lesson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So how about like the prequel trilogy, like how it's affected the originals? Mm. I know which is kind of what you just said, but let's like expand on it a bit more. One thing I noticed more was actually. Again, still how narrow-minded Obi Wan and Yoda are. Yeah. So we we've already mentioned that the whole reason with the prequel that the dark side won was because of the Jedi sort of like overconfidence. It went less about being um, peacemakers and more about sort of like politics and things like that. And that we didn't even even the most powerful Jedi hadn't even realized that the dark side were basically right underneath them. Yeah. And then you get into this one and Ben and Yoda's like, yeah, let's not, let's not tell him about that Darth Vader's father because you wanted him to kill him. Yeah, that was interesting. So, again, then it's just like, oh, well, if you go off now, you're going to fail. But, you know, oh, at least we've got another backup. So it's fine. You <laughs> yeah. Know,
0: you do. Well, because, again, at that point, they didn't know it was going to be Leia, I don't think. Um, that was That's another thing where it's like, yeah, you can take it or leave it. But, yeah, I think that is true. If you, if you read it in terms of How has the prequels shaped it? I do like the idea of they've kind of learned their lesson in a way, but not really, because, like, they're saying, you just have to kill Vader because he's evil. Um, And, yeah, I'm not going to tell Luke that Vader's his father. The, you know, the in-universe reason is, yeah, because they don't want him to be clouded with his judgment. Um, And that's why I like, really, the end of episode six, because... Luke is the true Jedi. He he does the thing that no one else in any of these movies has done. He throws away his lightsaber. And he says, no, I'm not going to fight you. And the Emperor Light is so annoyed. <laughs> um, but it's the one thing that no one else in any of these movies has actually been able to do. And that's why he wins. And, um, you know, he sees that he cuts off Vader's hand and it's robotic just like his. And it's great because it's like, yeah, you're just telling us, you're showing us what the character's feeling about being really dumb. Like they do in some of the other movies. And it works. And that's why, as great as Obi-Wan is, he was very narrow-minded, like you said. He was very by the book in the prequels. He never really learned that lesson. And they all gave up on Anakin. They all thought he can't come back from the dark. Um, Which is why any story after Six wouldn't have those restrictions of no attachments. Because Anakin's attachment with Luke is literally what saves both their lives in that movie so if they were to ever do any films after six it'd be really weird to have those kind of rules and to view some darkness in someone then to automatically turn your lightsaber and think about killing them because that's the only way around it that would just be really dumb i don't know why anyone would do that
1: (laughs) also like kind of like the way you see darth vader as well So like for all of it because i know george lucas did an interview who essentially said the whole point is you see the original trilogy just laughing as, like, this evil person that can't be turned back. And then, like, in the last minute, you know, you kind of, like, see it from everyone else's eyes, unlike Luke, that, oh, there is good in him. Yeah. But, like, now you want to see it from, like, from Luke's eyes, where essentially you've got the prequel trilogy and you see where he's come from. Okay. And instead of looking at this guy with, like, pure evil, you look at him more with pity. Yeah. Because it's not that he's failed every once, that really everyone else failed him. No one looked after him the way they perhaps should have, Mm. and then all of a sudden, with a bit of like Stockholm syndrome, shall we say, he's uh, he's turned.
0: Yeah, uh, he's a very tragic character, isn't he? And I think you know they go on about you know who could have been a better Martin, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you you take a boy from his mother at a young age, you don't free his mother from slavery, you you know you give him a guy who didn't really want to teach him. and, yeah, he's obviously very gifted. But then, again, you know, it's not completely innocent either. You know, he, he has decisions to make, and he makes bad ones. Um, and doesn't learn from that. But, yeah, it's a very tragic character. I, think, I guess that is the interesting part of the prequels, is you do see what Luke sees. Um, and, like, you watch number four, he's this menace, he's evil, that's all you get. In episode five, there's a lot of nuance to his character. He's getting frustrated with some of these workers, but then he respects the ones who who are doing their job properly. And I love the end of episode five, where they're about to use the tractor beam to catch the Falcon, and then it jumps off to hyperspace, and it just, like, holds on Vader, just, like, looking out to space, and all the other guys like, oh, no, he's going to kill us all. And he just, like, he walks off, and they're all, like, terrified, but also relieved. And, like, I love that kind of stuff. And um, it's just missing those little nuances in the prequels, I think. is It's very, like characters explaining how they feel or like just explaining really badly but yeah you get those really iconic shots that you don't get but then i think you did we need the prequels i feel like you get the story without it but i guess it is nice seeing all the stuff beforehand
1: yeah i also didn't realize i've in my head uh commander tarkin was alive for a whole trilogy but oh really he, you know he he, 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 he died um, yeah he did <laughs> yeah, yeah I realised I got to the end of that one so again overconfidence you know they tried to get him in an escape pod but he was like no in our moment of you know, triumph yeah
0: he says absolutely not that was quite cool
1: yeah Um, but no I find the ending to Return to be like a really satisfying ending mm Yeah, I was guessing, like, the best ending. I was like, no, I don't know if that's true. But, oh, it's wonderful. I really like the... um, I know a lot of people wouldn't want to grow up with the original, but I really like the music they have for Mm. the Ewok party at the end. Yeah. I think it's really good. What do you think of um, Hayden Christensen replacing as the the Force Ghost at the end?
0: As soon as you said that, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I mean, I love that where he... Well, it's kind of a twofold scene where he burns Vader's corpse and then it cuts to when he's looking at the ghost. And I really love that scene. And I think initially I didn't like it because I was like, well, he doesn't know his father like that. We just saw the actor who was playing the older Vader. So it makes sense that he would see him. We're seeing an older Obi-Wan and an older Yoda. So I guess the implication is that's what they looked like when they died. And that's what Luke sees. So that's what he would see. Um and I guess the the new implication is that he's seeing Anakin as he was before he turned evil. Um but that would be a bit like, who's this guy? <laughs> so I dunno, I feel like I know why they did it, but I think if the prequels didn't exist, obviously you don't change it. Um but with them I guess it's all right.
1: It comes full circle. Yeah, and it makes it have some really cool scenes in a live-action TV show, which we'll talk about it's, in a few weeks' time. That's very true as well. Uh. Yeah. yeah, I also like um, how the saga both started and ended with a Jedi being burnt. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, didn't think about that.
1: Yeah, because I think I don't think there's been any others, has there? It's literally just no. Darth Vader and Qui-Gon.
0: Yeah, uh, which is quite cool, I guess. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that when you do prequels, you can kind of make those things call back because you're deliberately doing that, but you also have to be quite careful. So I like George's idea of like making stuff right. You get some similarities. But what I do like is that it's not a retread. So whilst there's some similarities about like blowing up a, a space station, number one, the fights are completely different, the battles are completely different, the stakes are different same in the second one you know every planet's different so obviously we have like a sand planet uh, a death star and then like a grassy planet in four but then we get like a snow planet like a ju- uh, swamp planet and then like a city in the sky planet and then in six yeah we come back to the, s- to the sand planet but then we get like a forest planet um what's the other one i guess Dagobah again um so then at least with the prequels you get different planets each time you get like naboo which is basically like italy but then you get um coruscant which is a city which is really cool um and then like you get a water planet in number two you get like a a lava planet in number three so yeah it's really cool i like how whilst there's some similarities they are different and each story is different he didn't just redo the ot whereas with the sequels that's what they did (laughs) so one of the other last things to talk about is the lightsaber battle so I, I watched the um the original trilogy fight scenes um yesterday started watching the prequels this morning um and I think a lot of fans prefer the prequels because they're very flashy they they're well choreographed they're doing flips the technology is obviously better so it looks you know objectively better in that sense um but I don't know about you I feel like the Cloud City Lightsaber Battle is the best of the series uh, for a few different reasons. And I, I think to kind of compare it, I was, I was watching the Phantom Menace fight and it's like, it's very cool because you've got Darth Maul, he looks cool. He's got two bladed lightsaber. There's two Jedi fighting him. It's very well choreographed. It's very impressive. But I think that's the that's the thing. They're impressive, but they're not... They've, they're missing that extra something. And I think Cloud City has that because Luke starts off quite confident He's doing his moves, but Vader's doing it one-handed for ages. He's basically toying with him because he doesn't want to destroy him either. Um, and then the fight goes on; they're kind of like getting ups and downs, all this kind of stuff. And then it gets to the point where, because a lot of that, there's no music as well. I don't know if you remember that happening, but it's quite quiet for the for like the first half of that fight. Um, how did it? How does it hold up in the rewatch for you? Yeah. Um... It's a really
1: cool fight because it, it's so different to the others, you know, because it's, it's kind of like got axe yeah. <laughs> to the own fight. Um, like, it's really just trying to freeze him. It's really the whole he just for jump thing and mm. the other like, well, you know, where's Waldo gone? Um, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it. I, I saw, I was going to send you like this kind of like meme, I suppose, where it was just like the, the lightsaber duel, and so it was like the OG and that was like Ben versus Darth Vader. <laughs> which yeah. is like very basic. It's just two old men. Yeah. You know, one is like three quarters machine, just you know. <sighs> um then you had like this one. I can't remember what we called it though. <sighs> yeah. I think as a whole, it's probably like the best one. Mm. In terms of just like being like fully involved in it. I think the return one is very emotional. Yes, which is cool. But yeah, I'd agree with you. Maybe this one being the the best. Cool. But the thing is, with like the prequel trilogy ones, is with none of the original trilogy, do we ever get like people who are at the the peak of their sort of like knightsmanship? Should we say? Mm. Like battling it off. Whereas literally with like that Phantom Menace duel, you've got Darth Maul. Obi wan and Qui Gon, who are all like very well trained in it. Yeah. At the end of Revenge, obviously, you have, um, you know, Obi wan and Anakin, who are literally say are at their prime when yeah. it comes to lightsaber fighting. And then, like at the end of the second one, you you see Yoda, mm. you know, where he actually does something. Yeah. Because
0: but... <laughs> I know a lot of people say like Yoda and the Emperor are so powerful they should be beyond needing lightsabers um and i i think i kind of lean towards that cap now i think at the time i loved seeing yoda flipping around spinning with a lightsaber like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen um but i think it's just very flashy and it's the the cloud city fight tells a story it's this overconfident young man who's a bit scared and you've got this evil guy who is just toying with him and then it cuts to the point where he's really putting on the display of the Force, and he's not even moving. And he's just and then it gets really angry, and it's like proper going for him. It cuts his hand off very quickly, and then you have the ultimate twist in the cinema history. Um, and then the rematch is very emotional, as you said. Vader is quite conflicted now, and he's actually not strong because of that. Um, whereas, yeah, Revenge of the Sith is telling you that Anakin and obi are fighting each other. They have a little bit of dialogue, and that's it for the whole fight. Um, and... I just feel like it goes on too long. It's too flashy. There's scenes where they're like spinning it around each other. And I know the fans are like, oh, it's to show that they know each other's moves so well. It's like, yeah, but you're just watching men swinging lightsabers around, not hitting each other. It's like, what story are you trying to tell us here? I don't know. And it's... Whilst it's cool seeing the Jedi in their prime, I don't like the gap between how good they are then and how they are now. Because it retroactively makes the original trilogy not as good in that sense because you're saying oh they they could spin and do this before and now they can barely swing them around now and they feel that's, very different. I suppose the difference being is that
1: this is set 30 years after mm. and you know the ones that were trained like this are pretty much all gone. Yeah. Um, that's because like the younger ones technically you know if we look at people like um, sort of like Cal Kestis and things like that mm. you know they can still do all the tricks around about this time mm. but you know Darth Vader's, like, mainly machine, so he can barely do much. Ben Kenobi was struggling to walk. Yeah. You know. Yoda's literally on his deathbed. So, well, you got Luke, who's, like, not really been trained much with, like, actual no. swordmanship. So it makes sense, Well, because in my opinion. Yeah,
0: and that's fine. I kind of get that as well. My, my question is, the Sith had been extinct for a thousand years what were the Jedi training their lightsabers for? Because they'd only really trained to deflect lightsaber, uh, blaster bolts at this point. So I don't know how any Jedi could have fought a Sith, because the Sith were training for the sole purpose of killing Jedi. I guess that's why I needed a two-on-one. But I feel like when Obi-Wan and Anakin fought Dooku, they should have lasted three seconds. <laughs> but I don't know, that's just looking into a bit too much detail.
1: Yeah, well, we saw in um, in the Obi Wan Kenobi series that they would train with each other, they would spar off with each other. Yeah. So I'm guessing that they were, I mean, the main weapon of a Jedi is a lightsaber, and they're there for peace. So ideally, you would never have to use it. They must be trained to be able to. To to use it well, if needed. Yeah, I'm guessing.
0: But there's there's training it to cut things or to deflect light uh, blaster bolts. It's a different thing to train to fight someone else with one, because you wouldn't ever fight someone else with a lightsaber. So I don't know how anyone would have trained to do that or had the experience to do that. In case in case for SIF returned. But they didn't think they would because they were like, "But the Sif have been extinct for a millennia. You must be talking about your bam, Qui-Gon." Ah,
1: but the prophecy, the prophecy of the Chosen One, you've got to bring balance to the Force. Maybe. Yeah, which we can finish on that, actually, which is that literally, in the end, the Skywalker saga... It is. They said Anakin would bring balance to the Force, and then they were like, oh, no, he didn't. But then uh, Luke was like, oh, no, he did. Yeah.
0: No, he did. I quite like that, because I, noticed, I think Obi-Wan thought that Luke was the Chosen One, because um, he says in Rebels, doesn't he, I think? My, that's why i inferred from that is he thinks luke's the chosen one but it's like some people think balance is you have to have equal number Sith, equal number jedi well, i'm pretty sure george lucas said that the dark side is is a kind of aberration and that it's actually the absence of dark that is balance um so i don't know there's a lot of argument about that um because that that gives them questions about the clone wars, but I think I'll ask you that another time. But um, yeah, I like that it's a very satisfying ending. The baddies are gone. Luke's there. He can do his own thing now. And they'll, the Emperor won't come back because he got very destroyed by the blowing up of the Death Star.
1: Yeah, yeah. Unless they got some sort of cloning machine, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: So it's that time. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Can we spin the wheel. We Wait, s- no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what stars movie gonna watch next? Oh, so I think it's time to rank these.
1: Yeah, in, in the trilogy. Yeah. Oh well, you know mine. It's Empire, worse than Return, than a New Hope is
0: the best. That makes sense. Um, mine is probably four six five. Five being number one. Oh okay. I'll oh, so yeah. put
1: a New Hope as last.
0: Yeah, because it's it's a complete movie, but I'd rather put on Return of the Jedi. No, okay, I'll allow it.
1: Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> cool. Um, but in terms of like other trilogies, I would say this is in my top three trilogies of all time.
0: Yeah. Um, what would the other two be?
1: Well, one of them would definitely be Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I've not thought too hard about the other. I was gonna say top two, you see, but I didn't want to just jump the gun no. and then later think, ah. Oh. so I've said top three. Currently it's probably about seconds, but I want to I need I need to really think about it just to make sure I've not missed something vital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But who knows.
1: Right, so well anything else on that subject?
0: No. Um I was gonna talk a bit about why The Empire Strikes Back is a good sequel, but I feel like we we said enough about that. Um and I can't wait to talk about the the fan fiction movies seven, eight, and nine, um, which aren't canon. And yeah, yeah,
1: i would be I'll be really good, <laughs> won't <weren't> it? <laughs> oh dear. Um. Oh, actually, a contender that I just thought of for the trilogy to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's a good point. That, 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 that could probably be in it, Yeah. But yeah. we'll see. All right. Well, that was our thoughts on the original trilogy. Mm. We'd love to hear yours. Yeah. So, um, you know have a look on instagram on release uh, depending on when you listen to this it might be a little poll uh if not you can still send us a message and we might even include it in another episode yeah so how can they send us a message Seb
0: well they could uh drop us a dm on our instagram handle which is lta.podcast or they can send us a cheeky email to let's about 2022 at com. yeah so some great ways there
1: uh so next week we'll be talking about the lion king Ooh. the animated feature yeah and then the week after that we'll be returning to star wars to talk about the sequel trilogy yeah okay yeah but at the end of the day you haven't got to tell us that you love us because we know
0: oh that's good i was trying to put that in there so oh, i'll tip my hat to you sir <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you live long and prosper